Hello, everybody, to all my dearest subscribers. Thank you for being here. And thank you to the new subscribers. I've had uh, quite a few show up in the last week or so. So happy holidays to all, to all of you current and new subscribers and my old timers of three months. I think I've had this newsletter going. Today I'm posting a poem based on the real thing that happened here a couple years back here in Puget Sound, here in Elliott Bay, here in the waters off Seattle. And it's an environmental poem. I don't necessarily write a lot of environmentalist poetry, not clearly environmentalist poetry. I mean, I don't make political statements by and large, but this one, I think, goes for it. And yeah, uh, you know, hey, let's send out a happy uh, climate change poem on Christmas week. That's just what I do. But here it is. And it's a villanelle, a French form that uses two repeating lines. It rhymes, it uses meter, but I generally don't use meter. I'm a big fan of rhyme and form, but meter, I'm only sometimes into it and I use it very sparingly. And I naturally do write in iambic pentameter, I tend to. So sometimes I don't even pick up on the meter in a poem until I read it aloud. And then I bust it up. <laughs> so I'm not anti-formal poetry, of course. I love formal poetry just as much or even more than I love free verse. I love the architecture of a Richard Wilbur poem or Robert Frost or going way back, somebody like Gerard Manley Hopkins, whose poetry is so influential on mine, even if you can't tell. <laughs> uh, you know, that... Uh, crazy Jesuit writing poems that nobody has written like before and since. I love how he uses compound words, creates compound words. And as I say that, I think this poem is a extremely distant ancestor of Gerard Manley Hopkins. So here it is. <laughs> I've set you up now for something that this may not live up to. So here it is. It's uh, called Orca Song. That mother orca still carries her dead baby through and through the waves. Hear the rage and wail. Humans are thieves. We deserve this destruction and decay. All of us play roles in this bloody cabaret. But no, you say, not me. I'm innocent. The earth doesn't accept your pleas and claims. None of us get to borrow that orca's grief. She's the one who carries her dead baby through and through the waves. We can still save the world, you declare. But it's probably too late. We're killing oceans. We're killing reefs. We deserve this destruction and decay. All of us play roles in this bloody cabaret. Some of us think spirituality will save us, but cars don't pray. So fuck Prius, fuck Tesla, fuck Leaf. 
That mother orca carries her dead baby through and through the waves, through the shipping channels that deliver silverware and serving trays to our front doors. We consume and deceive. We deserve this destruction and decay. All of us play roles in this bloody cabaret. Our empathy is only a shovel. Collectively, we dig and dig the graves. We recycle hymns and compost poems so misplaced and brutally naive. While Mother Orca carries what we've killed through and through the waves, her ghost will watch us destruct and decay as we dance in this apocalyptic cabaret. Wow, so as I read that, I thought, this is very angry. And yeah, I published it a couple of years ago. I don't remember if I said that. In Hanging Loose magazine out of Brooklyn, they're my longtime publishers. In fact, they were the first to accept a poem of mine for publication in their magazine back in 1987. And they've been my only poetry book publisher. Well, my first, one of my my second book was from UCLA American Indian Studies Press, Old Shirts and New Skins. That's long out of print. But Hanging Loose has been published me since 1992, my books and my poetry since 1987. Uh, the longtime poetry editor, uh, my longtime friend Bob Hershon, died this year, non-COVID reasons. And so reading this poem and thinking about Hanging Loose and Mark and Dick, who are still with us, and uh, I'm feeling grief here at the end of the year as you look back and you see the in memoriams and the memories of those we lost this year, and we all lost Bob, which I'm very sad about. So as with anything, I think this poem that grieves with the orca and grieves about the earth is about grief in general, about the things we lose, the things we have lost, and the things we're going to lose. I'm not as apocalyptic thinking as the poem would indicate, but I've certainly felt that way at times. I think poetry has a way of capturing an intense emotion that cannot be sustained for a long period of time. So yes, it's an angry poem. Uh, it also does something I think that a lot of political poetry doesn't. It indicts itself. The poet, me, indicts myself. I'm included in the destruction and decay. I'm part of the destruction and decay. I'm guilty of the destruction and decay as all of us are by our lifestyles, by our collective lifestyles. So I think often political poetry operates like a superhero movie or a Western. There are clear-cut good guys and bad guys. And that's not art, that's potato chips. And I love potato chips. I love superhero movies. I love Westerns. I love bad guys and good guys. I love white hats and black hats. I love Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, which also, I guess that tends to be more uh, conflicted characters. But I think for the political poetry to really hit the mark, you have to indict yourself. And I don't think people are willing to do that when it comes to their politics. Maybe people aren't willing to do that, period. But I think it makes you a better writer. Certainly it makes you a better writer. 
if your characters are incredibly contradictory and conflicted, just as all humans are. So I hope this poem captures a bit of that, that sense that, yeah, the poet, the voice, me, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a politician. I'm not free from blame. All right. Thank you.